0: Welcome to the Becoming A Creative Podcast, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Cherry Det, who has been on YouTube for a little bit of time now, has also dabbled on Twitch, and has amassed over 115 million views on YouTube. I'm also a big fan because she's got an English accent and I love uh, seeing Brits on the podcast. So this is a big win for me. Um, we'll reminisce in some of our British culture and heritage um, at some point through this, but welcome to the show. I'm excited to talk about your journey.
1: Oh ah, well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Nice to be here.
0: Awesome. I want to dive in before we get into like things that are going on right now. Is just wanting to clock back a little bit. Um, what was life like before becoming a creator?
1: Ah, the good old days of uh, me being in one very small room of my mum my and my nan's and granddad's place, because we all used to live together. And <laughs> yeah, um, I had a Part time job at a supermarket. Um, then Which supermarket? Much, uh, well, I'm not gonna say that because <laughs> they, they they weren't that good. um But yeah, uh it was it was weird because they would never give me a full time contract. So they put me on full time hours, but then never really gave me the benefits of that. So yeah, I I kind of like jumped ship as soon as I could from that. But I worked there for about six and a half years. Um, and I even tried university before that, so it, it's been a bit all over the place, honestly.
0: What was the path for university? Was that like where were you? Can where were things leading um, before content creation Ooh. happened?
1: So, so basically, I I didn't think I'd get into university, so I actually took the job at the supermarket, um, and then I actually got accepted to one. I was like, oh, this is great!" And that was for film and cinema technology. So that's. Uh, it's not, I guess, too far from all of YouTube, which is awesome, but I actually left part way because they changed part of the course, and my granddad was actually getting a bit worse like health-wise at that point, so I came back home.
0: That's uncanny. Um, I, I actually dropped out of university two years in because my dad was getting sick. Um, oh. It's a very, very uncanny just kind of story. So... You, um, but film, you were getting into that. Was there something that drew you to film? Like what inspired you to get into that?
1: Oh, like cinematography for me, it was just how films were made and what goes behind all of the scenes. I mean, even if you take, I mean, this is an old one now, but Matrix, there was a scene where they had oh, so, so many, many cameras to get this sort of like spiral sort of like down view of bit more moving when he's like in the air still. And it's there's so many things there that really fascinated me from early on. Um and I thought i I would love to go into that. Um but yeah obviously it wasn't supposed to be. Um I've obviously paid back my debt and everything because I didn't I wasn't there for long. Um but yeah it kind of I somehow works into YouTube. i Don't know
0: how. So when you're you're at the job in the supermarket part time gig are you doing any are you going to use any of this like excitement and love for editing? Are you getting any gigs on the side?
1: So, okay. So when I was working at the supermarket, basically I I was always sort of doing YouTube then sort of in the background as a hobby, like, because um, I, I had no idea what I was doing and some friends sort of, you know, gave me fraps and, you know, to record and, and they kind of like showed me the way and taught me keyboard and mouse because I, I was always a control kind of, console gamer um so i started off from there uh and it just sort of i just kept growing it and you know it was fun it was nice it was building community um but i never took it stupidly seriously um so that's that's kind of where it sort of led me but it, mainly it has been a hobby all that time so it wasn't really gigs on the side uh until i fully left the supermarket um and that's when i went to video editing first
0: so when you um, were making that, you had no real goal. You were just making these videos for fun, just throwing them out. Did you have, like, were you like, oh, maybe I can grow this? Or, like, I want to get the next video to be better? Or is it just like, I'm playing games anyway. Why don't you just, like, throw this up?
1: Um, it's kind of hard because, like, I, I was kind of wanting to get further because the more that things were growing and picking up, because a few... So a couple of my friends were sort of like starting around about the same time as me, but mine was the one that was really starting to grow and pick up. Um, so it was really nice and it was really exciting because I was like, oh my goodness, I've got my first thousand or my first hundred. And, you know, I kept going from there and I it did inspire me to keep making them. Um, but it wasn't really, it you know, because back then you couldn't monetize uh, unless you were, you know, with a... Um, I can't think of the word right now, my brain. Um, but yeah, you should have a partner. Yes, that's it. Yeah. So you couldn't really do anything unless you had a company like that to essentially monetize your video. So yeah, for me, it was, I had no idea of that world and I was just making them. <laughs> so. And
0: was it, was gaming always a thing or was it, did you kind of go, did you like stray into other stuff? Cause you're variety now, right? So you've, you've kind of got a, a mix of things that you're working on, but to start gaming or were you doing everything in the
1: beginning? Oh, okay. So one thing that probably a lot of people don't know is before the gaming channel, I dabbled in like a singing one. Um, But some people in my high school found my channel somehow. I still don't know how to this day. And they kind of ridiculed me a bit for it. Uh, So that got deleted pretty quick. And um, I didn't know how to uh, record or upload gaming videos back then. So there was a gap between that channel and then me starting the gaming one. <laughs> so- that's <laughs> phenomenal.
0: I mean, I bet they feel silly now, um, now that you've got a career that's like probably way more exciting than what they're working on or um, doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I tend not to think about it too much, but it's, it's very bizarre that this is how, you know, I, you know, this is my job now. This still doesn't feel real a lot of times. <laughs> so I'm um, it's nice and it, it, it does make me happy to do this. But yeah, it's uh it sucks really that I deleted that, but it's obviously, you know, things happen for a reason. So I'll take yeah. it.
0: Um when you with editing, you were going to school for editing and then there's there's YouTube editing. And I've had this conversation before with with, with especially editors who there's like classical editing style and then there's like maybe YouTube editing style and sometimes there's those two things can differ. And and some principles apply to both. Could you help someone understand like with editing going to, to like traditional school versus being a YouTube editor, is there a difference? Like how have you found those two things? Um, so, over time?
1: so I, I left quite early on. So I didn't get chance to do loads and loads. Um, because it it literally I got there and I wasn't there long and then I, I came back because just things were very it went sort of very quick. Um, so I didn't have much chance for that, but there is definitely a difference between working traditionally and YouTube. YouTube is a whole different ball game and you need to know so much more different information to be able to edit a video. Well, whereas traditionally it's, it's nothing like that. I mean, you watch TV and it's so different to then watching a YouTube video. It's just, there's no comparison. This they're just different styles completely.
0: And at what point would you start to take it a little more seriously? The idea of like, oh, like this creator thing. You mentioned you were at the supermarket for about 6 years, but I'm sure it didn't take you 6 years before you were like, "Oh my god, like this is something." How long before you were like, "Ah, oh, like maybe this could be the path?"
1: I wasn't sure to be honest with you. I always sort of as I got further with YouTube and I started growing a little bit more um, I might have been about 30,000 at that point. Uh I just thought maybe but i couldn't ever get any traction i could get some kind of views coming in and i was part of a series with bigger youtubers like sometimes or you know i had a lot of different friends that were bigger than me essentially um but i could never get any traction um because that was back when i was really doing more minecraft stuff um and clearly it wasn't the right minecraft stuff to to get me going um so i always thought yeah that would be cool you know if i could grow but it almost seemed like a really far distant dream that I'd never get to. So when I left um the supermarket I keep wanting to say the name of them and I'm not. Um when I left them I I was I was really done with them at that point. Um they I was just a number. So instead I was making sure and I was trying to build myself clients for video editing work. Um And that's how I eventually left that job. I made sure I had two clients lined up that I essentially could, you know, I was getting paid more, um, and it was stable work. So that's kind of more my focus at that point. Uh, and I was probably more doing Twitch at that time. I think it was just easier to do Twitch than I was able to upload on YouTube.
0: I think that's really interesting where. I guess the goal was for your own content to be the, like you wanted to grow your own content and build your own audience, but that just wasn't feasible for you to go all in on, you need to pay bills, you know, food, yeah. proof, all that kind of thing. And you started editing for other creators on the side. How was that? It must be a little nerve wracking, you know, being, because you're actually a freelancer at that point. How was that?
1: Yeah, um, yeah that was a huge risk. Um... I always was taught sort of traditionally to you know you get a job and you know and wherever you kind of are and it it, obviously online jobs from at least from what my nan and my mum used to tell me and you know in school growing up it it wasn't your normal traditional jobs uh so it was very sort of nerve-wracking and to make that jump it took a lot but i felt like at that point in my life i needed to take a risk somewhere i was still you know youngish <laughs> um so i felt like i could uh and i was still uh living with my my mum and my nan at that point so and they were very encouraging and they were like you know if you feel like you've got to do this and then, then do it um and I, w- I wouldn't have left my job without knowing that these were definitely two stable clients straight off the that. so a
0: lot of creators uh that are kind of figuring things out in in that build phase in the very beginning um, or like maybe looking for odd jobs just to try and make more revenue and income. Like, how did you get in front of these two other channels or two other clients to be able to offer like your services? Cause it almost seems like the perfect fit, um, because you're getting to edit on the type of content that you want to create anyway. And maybe were you learning from them as well? Like, what was it like? For oh you? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Every time that if if you're a video editor, every time you have a new client, you learn something different. You need to you need to keep like building up that sort of like base of like knowledge and skills. Um, But yeah, it was a bit of a weird one because I like the whole variety thing. I wasn't just recording Minecraft and indie games and horror games and stuff. It was also things like Roblox. Um, So I already was part of sort of like a community that would sometimes we'd all, you know, hang out and play roblox games together and record Uh, fortunately for me some of them were bigger and by the time uh i was trying to sort of get out of where i was i actually sort of i'd occasionally put tweets up and say you know video editing blah blah blah. you know i'm I'm available i need clients please give me a chance um so i kind of got lucky that they already knew me from this sort of like roblox circle um, and they, they gave me a chance. It was, uh, like a sort of like team of two and yeah, I just, I, sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, that was a bit too, it's a bit too lucky. Like, I don't know how I managed that, but yeah, they, uh, they gave me a chance. And then from there, I, um, I got my next clients sort of like, oh gosh, was it a year after or so then I moved from them to, to then another client. Um, cause they'd already seen my work again from that same Roblox community and then Um, life happened with her and then I went on to my last client as well, (laughs) at least for video editing ways. And again, from that same Roblox group. So I got very lucky with all of that and, um, definitely it was just an amazing opportunity to work with them because I learned so much. And a lot of it, I applied eventually to running my own channel and, and that communication just, I learned so much from them.
0: To give a bit of perspective to those listening, like how long is this journey going on for? Like how long did it take you to get to 30,000 subs? And then how long were you editing for other people before oh. it became like just your channel?
1: Oh, that is a very good question. And honestly, I'm trying to remember off by heart and I feel like I'd, I'm going to forget a little bit of quite how long that took me, but it was it was a little while. I'm trying to think about when I eventually left that supermarket job to. Oh, I mean, that's gotta be maybe 2000, 2017. I think I officially left. And then it was at least 2000. It was the nearing the end of 2019 that my channel actually really started to blow up. When we used um, blow up. Was
0: this around this 30k subs mark? Is that?
1: Oh no, I think, I don't remember if I was about 50 at that point. Uh, or seventy, I I can't quite remember. It's been it's been a little while, and I I didn't keep comp- actual track of everything, but um, it was something along those lines. I I was still further down. I wasn't really like, you know, that high up with stuff. Um, I was definitely struggling for a long time. That kind of, I think forty five or fifty mark, and I just couldn't get any further at that point. And that was with my when I was working more as like a virtual assistant because I that was. What i was doing last before youtube
0: so that period from getting like the, to the 60 70k mark like how long are we talking four years five years do you think like a building to that point
1: i'm trying to think honestly because it just took me so long like i said i mean i started my channel sort of quite you know some years ago now uh and it was always just hobby but you know i i've so i've been on this journey for quite a while i mean my channel's nearly Ten years old, <laughs> so so it has been a while. Um, but yeah, definitely, I must have been about forty-five or something like along those lines, um, and then that's when my channel started blowing up. But I was definitely stagnant for quite a while.
0: Yeah, I think it's sort a of perspective is just like how long the journey takes, um, and like the, the ability to be persistent and like being a job that you're not so excited about, but like making it work and doing that long enough that it create this opportunity to edit for other channels. When you're editing for those other channels, how were you balancing the idea of like working for them versus working, like taking on more clients and kind of building that as your full time thing of just being the video editor for other people versus I'm going to build my own brand, my own channel. Like, how were you balancing those two things?
1: Uh, I kind of wasn't. I kind of wasn't. You have to work a stupid amount of hours um, to be able to kind of get anything off the ground. Um, So... So even just the journey from when I left the supermarket, there was a two week period where I was actually balancing working for my first two clients along with doing my notice. So I was very, I was already full time. And then adding more hours onto that for editing was just a lot. And then eventually obviously thing with video editing and then trying to fit in my own stuff, my own channel. That was just, honestly, there was points where I just didn't have time. Um, and I actually, at one point, was more on Twitch than anything else because I just couldn't find the time to record or, or the motivation to even mm. sort of then edit and then upload. And there's so much more that goes into just, you know, oh yeah, I'm just gonna slap a video up. Um, so I, I, yeah, there were points where I was able to sort of balance it a little bit, but not not by much. <laughs> I can see
0: what you're saying too, just like that motivation part. Like, oh my god, I've been editing for like so much this week. Like, the last thing I want to do is edit. More, so your yeah, your so. your content kind of <laughs> suffers for that.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, which is also another reason why it was stagnant. But I much preferred video editing than what I was doing before. You know, it was this was great. I was able to wake up early. I had motivation. It was it was really nice to be in something where I felt like I I knew something more about and I was passionate about it. So for me, that was a lot easier to to deal with, um, even if it meant that well my channel's on the back burner a little bit that's okay cuz this is what's earning me my living uh, and i get to stream when i've got like when i'm not super tired from being at the pc for editing um, cuz it gave that break it wasn't then i'm editing my own video after that yeah. so
0: <laughs> how much do you think that like um, editing chops like a lot of especially twitch streamers the idea of editing is uh, like it scares them they're they're just like totally intimidated by it like building YouTube videos is, like, a whole new world. For you, like, you've... It's almost like a, an advantage, in a sense, a competitive advantage that you have refined and built the skill in editing um, when it came to your own content. Did you find it that you were, kind of, ahead of your peers? Or is the, the ocean of YouTube so big that you're just, like, competing against everyone?
1: Mm. I mean, in some ways, yeah, but, yeah, oh, no. There's, there's, uh, there's a lot of people on YouTube now and you've... Uh, You've got to sort of like be smart about it. Not necessarily work hard, but be smart about it about what you're putting on that channel and what you're wanting to really sort of like create. And because yeah, there it is obviously quite you know now more never technology is there and it's easier to to do all these types of videos now than it used to be when I first started.
0: Have you have you found that you editing for other people and ha- and having such a strong perspective on editing has helped you? Uh, work with other editors? Like, have you hired any editors for your channel?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, Yeah. So when I first started blowing up, uh, luckily, I mean, I I was to the point where I was like, I can't can't manage this. I can't do it all. Um, Because I felt like I had to learn so much so quickly. Um, So it was great. I could definitely edit my own videos, but mm, I was uploading most days, if not every day. Uh, So it just became so draining. I got very lucky. Um, and my first editor I ever hired, I actually knew him already because he used to, uh, edit for someone I'd already recorded with. We used to be all part of this sort of Minecraft group and do role plays and stuff. And, uh, like my editor's amazing. And I'll, I'll sing his praises all day long because he's, he's not just an editor. He's my friend now because of it all. But yeah, if it wasn't for him, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't be where I am now. And because I've worked as an editor, it's a lot easier for me to talk to him about things and. And just sort of like know where he's at, and am I giving him enough time per video? And I roughly know how long it would take for him to edit one because I've done that, I've been there. Um, just there's so many things, uh, just even just having that kind of like calendar as well, so he knows where everything's at, and I do. And it's there's a lot of things I've learned from being an editor, and even just like said, the calendar is just it's, it's simple things, but it's it's necessary, and I, I think a lot of a lot of people when they just sort of come into this and they haven't had that experience or maybe just work-life experience uh, and YouTube seems to be then the first job. A lot of people, I guess, forget how long things actually take or forget that there's a human behind there. They're not just machines and can constantly work. So it's just understanding that. Um, And I'm I'm very fortunate to have gone through this journey.
0: That's awesome. If you were going to give some advice to a creator who's maybe they're just starting to think about outsourcing some work, whether it's, you know, some of their thumbnails or it's their um editing. What should they keep in mind as they're thinking about taking that step?
1: Ooh. Hmm, that is a very good one. Because again, I got very lucky with my first one, and it's uh it's definitely about communication. <laughs> and you need to be able to see prior work, but it honestly there's there's so much where some of that is irrelevant because you end up finding that someone's not suited at all. So that's that's a really tricky one, to be fair. <laughs> do you think I'm... you have to
0: have a strong sense of editing yourself before you hire an editor? Or do you think you can outsource it without actually having done it yourself?
1: I think it's better to give it a try. I think, I think for you to understand the process a lot more, I think it's definitely better if you're giving it a go first and not just sort of completely giving up. I think if um, if you're really, really struggling now and you think, actually, I really don't have time, but if I could create this content, that could be another thing that's getting me out there. Then as long as the price is right as well and, and you communicate well with them, you get on and it's uh, it works both ends. And yeah, I think it's definitely worth it, but I wouldn't be, okay, do that first. I I think you need to do it. You need to try it. Because you're never going to know what really truly goes into it, and you're not going to learn by your mistakes that way either. And there's a lot to make, so you got to make them.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's fascinating just that iteration and like and being willing to like go through failure, especially if it's like an expense, and you're like, oh, like this is costly. Like how long, and you need to create some time. Your point, is you have to have patience and like learning to iterate and communicate. And it's it can be quite stressful as a new creator when you're trying to think through all of that at the same time. I want to switch to maybe the most important part of the creator's journey, which is the content itself um, and how you kind of navigate different waves. And I want to really talk about the gacha side of things and and that niche that you discovered and and passion you find for that. Um, How did that come about? Um, How important has that been for you and your journey as a creator?
1: I mean, the part of being on YouTube is that you've got to be aware of who else is around you, especially if it's like the niches that you want to be in. Um, so for me, I've always been in gaming, but I must admit, like React content was then quite big. And a lot of my friends were actually like recording this game called Gatcha. I was like, oh, that looks like a lot of fun, because you can create your own stories, your own characters. It's really versatile. Some people have got into animation because of it, because of just there's just so much in there that you can do. And it's a great base game for that. Uh, and the, there are so many now as well. It's not just Gatcha Life, it's Gatcha Club and modded versions of the game. Um, But anyway, my friends were, were recording this content and I thought, you know what, that looks like a lot of fun. So, and I, I don't do it, do it unless, I, unless I think it's fun. So I, I thought, right, okay, I'll have a go. And first one did all right. And I was like, okay, well, you know, the rest of my content isn't doing that great right now because this was like my huge stagnant slump and nothing was really going anywhere um and I was like right cool yeah that's fine I'll just I'll keep going and um I must have probably done about 10 on the channel uh but they were very sporadic you know spaced out um uh and I was actually like I said working as a virtual assistant at that time so it was just fairly sort of like it's just fun, but it was doing better than my other content, so that's why I was posting more of that than anything else at the time.
0: and does that that signal like when are you always looking for that, like you're always kind of trying different things and looking for that signal of oh, like maybe this is what people want?
1: yeah, it's important. You need to if if something doesn't do well on your channel, I mean at the end of the day, you could just be like, well, it, it could be just because it's the first one. You do have to give it a try to make sure that there's, there's nothing there because YouTube algorithm works in mysterious ways and it, it needs content to be able to feed it to other people. So if you've got one of something on your channel, it's, it's probably not really gonna do anything when you've got a backlog of other videos. So you need to build that kind of like little catalog of the same kind of niche videos um, for it to really do anything with.
0: Would you say you're a variety creator? Ooh. <laughs> or do you, or do you have like a like niches like how how do you just describe your your own content?
1: Hmm. I've al- I've always been sort of on that variety. Obviously, since I've grown, I-, I have been very much in that niche. I've had some wins with other sort of like content that isn't gacha, but it is very very difficult to strive out of that. Um. Especially if like that's where YouTube wants to put you, mm. uh, it's very hard to then fight that algorithm to be like, "Hey, I'm I'm posting other stuff. Please, you know, suggest this." But yeah, it doesn't always work like that.
0: How do you think it's critical for growth that you do narrow in on like that niche, so that you're like consistently telling the algorithm, "Like, hey, this is what I'm. This is what I'm about. This is what you can expect." Or do you think you can accomplish growth without being so hyper targeted?
1: I do think you need to have a niche. At the end of the day, if your if your subscribers are subbing to you, obviously they're subbing to you for a reason. Um so unless you find something very, very similar that they also love, and you can tell it's definitely like the core of like your audience that's already subbed to you, and it's not just like people that aren't subscribed, and that's great. It doesn't always work like that though, and I do feel uh it is very it's very hard to get out of your niche if you are in one. Uh and it's only probably like it's the it's, it's basically you should always look at it where okay if you see one channel doing really well with variety, just note that's probably the uh, the exception and not the rule um, mm. when it comes to stuff like this. So I I fit I've I've got I've ended up in this very sort of like niche spot of what I'm doing, but it's very very difficult to get out of it. And like I said, even though I've had wins, it's it, yeah it's um it's been difficult because there's nothing similar. Either, <laughs> so yeah,
0: there's no like roadmap for you to follow. You're just gonna have to like pave the way.
1: When you just talk about it.
0: you were talking about earlier, you had that kind of limit at maybe the 60 k mark, and you just felt kind of stuck there. Um, have you have you heard the concept of like limit and beliefs or upper limits? I right, so I'm just like wondering, as <laughs> like for you, it's pushing through that next barrier, right? It's like this kind of invisible thing that this is all you know today, and that you're pushing through, so. You, you're in this niche at the moment Um, and is it like pushing through this next phase maybe it's the catapult that goes from 400k to 4 million Um, is it a fear you have the unknown or is it you're just seeing the content that people are responding to and you're kind of doubling down on that
1: I think right now it's that I've tried things Because at the end of the day, that's what you should always be doing. And I've always sort of sprinkled it in. Whatever's been popular, I've also sprinkled in other stuff to see what's going to do well next. Um, But right now, it's a case of I had two pretty bad months. Um, December shouldn't have been a bad month. Apparently, it was for quite a few people, um, including November as well and and January. So it was a bit of a weird one this year for quite a few creators. Um, So with that being such a bad month, it's time to sort of be like, okay, what am I doing wrong? I'm clearly doing something wrong. So I was like, right, okay, well, that's doing well. Like my my sort of like Gacha content. I need to double down on that. Um, sometimes it is about listening to what your audience wants. Um, that is clearly what they want right now. It's never going to stop me from trying. Yeah. Um, which you should always, you should definitely always uh, try different things because you just never know. But you try too much. And that's when you've got a problem because there's just it's, it's too it's too messy on your channel there's no direction so if you're going to yeah. try something do it for a little bit and then leave it and try it's again. such a
0: delicate dance isn't it because it's like <laughs> yes. how much how much can you iterate yes. versus how much do you have to do um just to keep the channel kind of steady state and, and kind of and going up what's um your kind of goal looking ahead at 2023 um you know you mentioned before you didn't really have a goal it was a passion at first This is like your job, and it's kind of become a career and a business. What is your goal for twenty twenty three, and kind of where you're going with your content?
1: Mm. So, for me, I think the big one is obviously to find more of a direction. I've gone through my last sort of like I'm going to try this. I'm I'm definitely going to go with this and see where it's gone. I did that for about nine or ten months. Did well for quite a bit, then stopped working. Need to reevaluate. So that's kind of where I'm at now uh, for honest sort of like, hey, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's, you know, there are always going to be issues. There's always going to be a change. And that's where I'm at right now. And that's where I want to try and focus for this year. I want to find my my new direction. Um, and not just that, but I feel like it is definitely harder sometimes with YouTube to like communicate sort of like with your audience more and to to be more open I had such a lovely community on Twitch that were amazing, and it's so much easier to have full conversations with them, and, and I loved that part. But it's it's a really it's really difficult to do it on YouTube. It's not it's not quite the same. So I'd like to find other ways of being able to to do that this year as well, and to definitely sort of like relay more information over to them as well, because I'm not just someone that posts a video. I, you know, i do so much more in my daily life and it's it would be nice to share that with them as well
0: do you find that you want to expand that content onto youtube or do you tap into other platforms like instagram or things like that to try and tell that part of you and your kind of everything that's going on in your life
1: i'd like to try that because you never know where something's going to work so it's better to have an idea of which specific platforms you want to try. Don't go for everything because it's never going to work. If you try posting everywhere, you end up sort of letting things go and, and you don't stay consistent. So it would be probably, you know, maybe YouTube Shorts and see where that ends up or because that's still an unknown thing for me. I've tried, I've dabbled in it. Uh, TikTok, I kind of dabbled in that. And again, I've let that slide. So am going to try a couple of things this year and sort of see where that ends up but at the end of the day it depends on where things work better because it would be nice to grow that TikTok audience but maybe that's just not what works on there for me
0: it's, it's such a, it's so interesting when you have multiple platforms to keep an eye on uh and you're like oh like where'd I put my energy right now um yes. yeah and you're being in the space now for 10 years you've kind of seen all the the ups and downs and like that emotional roller coaster uh and like knowing that you're in that phase right now of almost like reinvention or um yeah just really clarifying the direction i think a lot of creators can empathize with it and even those who are much earlier in their journey who are just every week in that state of panic (laughs) they're just like i don't know what's doing
1: it's okay it's all right to panic trust me because everybody goes through it you think all the the big creators are just like yeah everything's it's not okay everyone panics and we all sort of like have (laughs) moments so it's fine to do that and it's fine to make some mistakes especially when you're trying new things but yeah we we don't have it together all the time
0: (laughs) i want to ask um, if you have any advice for new creators specifically women um that are in this space it's like a very male dominated space um and for women who are like just starting out is there any advice you'd have for them as they're navigating journey Mm.
1: that is such a big topic isn't it really and it's such a huge one so, right, okay. So, when I, when I was younger, right, my, my, one of my favorite hobbies was playing games. Um, but obviously, back then, it, you know, I'm 31 now, you know, back then, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't really a thing. Like, a lot of my friends really didn't play uh, at all. And actually, when I started to get a little bit older, I actually realized I was kind of getting taken the mick out of because I, you know, I'd say, oh, yeah, I, I play games too. And they'd kind of sort of be like, oh, you don't know what you're on about so i felt embarrassed and then i it wasn't until i started this youtube journey that i felt like i belonged somewhere so the one thing i will say is don't don't feel embarrassed because at some point somewhere you will find a place because there are so many communities on youtube and just in general online or twitter or discord you you name it like there are so many so you will find a place somewhere there will be a community for you and i love that so it's don't don't be afraid, because you're not alone. There are so many of us.
0: I love that. Um, yeah, it, it's really powerful. I mean, just the idea you can create a community around anything that you love, you can cultivate that online. Um, oh gosh, yeah, is is super incredible. Um, is there any kind of final thoughts that you would want to share with with creators more broadly, not just women, but as as folks that are on this journey? You've been there for ten years now. Um, and You've been gracious enough with your time to kind of talk through some of your story. Is there anything you would kind of share with those that are maybe starting it right now? Maybe they're like a year or two in. Um, they're still trying to turn it into like a full time career. Any advice you'd have for them?
1: Mm. Try not to let anything stop you because there's always going to be a reason of why why you can't do something. Whether it's because of health reasons or you know maybe it's because of I can't find the time or or maybe you want something to be perfect before it gets uploaded, or um it there's there's just so many reasons, and i can I can sit here and say, I'll try not to let it stop you, but it's really i mean gosh, my life was an absolute train wreck when I was sort of in the middle of doing all YouTube, and I just kept going because it 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 was it was so much fun, it brought me so much joy and so many friends through that, so try not to let it if you can because you never know where something's someone's going to lead you and if you don't make those mistakes if you don't sort of put in the time it's just never going to happen um and i think people don't realize that you know you don't need something to be perfect straight away to really do anything um so many people are like making tiktoks and and all sorts and there's so many creative platforms now like take your pick like <laughs> so many
0: yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting when you do, you're do you doing the same thing you're doing, whether it's like working in that supermarket that you were talking about, you kind of know where that's going to end up. You've seen that story play out for yeah. whether it's other family members or friends around you, like you know where that's going. But this journey of becoming a creator, you have no idea the doors that's going to open um, oh, or what's no. possible.
1: I, I couldn't have imagined sort of me sort of sitting here now or, or doing half of this stuff. I mean, uh, not too long ago, I found out, that I was actually, I actually have ADHD and that explains so much of my life, but I can't begin to explain to you. Like now that I know that I can work with it and things like where I was working before wouldn't have accommodated for that. And there's so much more information out there obviously now about it. And it makes sense to me now why I work the way I do. And actually that's kind of like a superpower because we can think outside the box, which is awesome. Um, But sometimes it does hinder us and that sort of probably why I've struggled sometimes to stay consistent. So it's, but I mean, you never know where it's gonna end up. So you've got to keep trying. You gotta keep trying different things.
0: Well, it seems to be working for you. I mean, over 150 million views, uh, been in the game for 10 years, have not given up, even through all those cycles. Uh, I'm excited as you of chart this new direction and then like figuring out where you wanna take your content. Um, it's a intimidating phase, but also an incredibly exciting phase which is you just get to think outside the box and play a little bit with that. Um, so I'm stoked for you. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey, Jaredette. thank you.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. Just appreciate it.